Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Jessica Jones, the premiere episode, a.k.a. Start from the Beginning, the Recap and Review. And welcome to the show. Myself and Joe Dirtylocks this year are going to try something a little bit different with these Netflix shows. We're going to do this recap on this premiere episode, so there'll be no discussions outside of the premiere episode here. So if you have, if you've just seen the premiere episode, if you've seen further in the premiere episode, please, please, please be kind to us in uh, letting us know in the comment section or anyone that might be checking this video out. If you're going to do it, spoiler tag the fuck out of it. But we're going to do this, and then we're going to do four more podcasts. Every, the next three episodes. So our next one will be 2, 3, and 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, 11, 12, 13. I can count! Thank you, you Count Ch- Thank you, Count Chocula. You made me be able to count. But I'm, like I said, I'm not alone to do this adventure. Joe Dirty Locks is with me today, too. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hola. Joe. I'm good. No, it's it's interesting. We were talking about this a little bit before the show started. I it was hard to finish that first episode and not immediately go into the binge watch of the second episode. It was it was a difficult thing to do. It's extremely hard to do because uh, Katie was about to leave for work and so like she's uh it's right at the end of the episode, I guess. I didn't realize how close to the end and I walked her out to the car and I said goodbye, gave her a little kiss and then I came back in and sat down and it's still playing and i'm watching i'm like wait a second (laughs) the credits all of a sudden the credits started for the for the beginning of the episode i was like wait a second and i realized that uh it's already started into the second episode i didn't see anything i only saw like 10 seconds not even but i was like whoa 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 so it is hard if you if you miss that that it'll it'll play right through it will and we're also not alone we have with us people joining us live we call them the live motherfucking chat and they're in there we got paul we got broke we got the walking david from california saying hello to us we have all of our good friends in the live motherfucking chat right now and if you want to join us live subscribe to philly issues guy and join us for all these recaps live we'll try to give you like a day's notice when the next one's going to be i'm not sure when the next one will be exactly but we're going to watch the next three episodes and then we'll i'll post it and i'll schedule it as soon as as soon as uh, as soon as Joe and I can uh, can fi- can figure that out, we'll we'll talk about that. Maybe maybe we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. And because uh, yeah, because I'm not going to be able to wait on this, Joe. It's it's I'm going to need to. It's going to be difficult. And so going into this, overall thoughts about this episode in general, I would say for me. This was the perfect start to this season. It was great to get back to the feel on opening up this world. And it's good to see. I like in superhero stories. It happened a little bit in the and people are going to turn this review off immediately. And Joe might attack me here in the underappreciated elements of Iron Man three dealing with Tony Stark's uh, dealing with the after effects of stepping through the portal to the other dimension. I like seeing superheroes deal with the cause and effect of shit that they do and not to just yada yada this because you, because David Tennant might have not been in this episode, but he was in this episode. You felt him through every step that Jessica had and Another thing that it reminds me of this series is how much I like the side characters. I'm watching it, and I completely block out of my mind that Trinity's about to show up. And then, whoa, it's fucking Trinity. And she has an interesting side story with the way she's fucking with Jessica Jones. And spoiler alert for the first episode, just to get that out of the way. I really also love Trish, and I like her storyline too now, struggling with the thing about whether it should be newsworthy or not, and I can also feel someone watching her throughout the series. This series was a slow start, but that's what Jessica Jones does, and also getting a little bit more information about her past. 
for me, this was the perfect premiere to a second season of Jessica Jones because they can't try to recreate the feeling of the first season. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel uh, laugh a bunch of times, too, because of her one-liners that were just hilarious. It's crap on Jessica months. There's no t- I, I don't want to make kids stupid and just her continued drinking. Just in general, I was very high on this episode from beginning to end, although it was difficult to read the first chapter of a book and not go any further in it. It's not like a normal premiere on a show where it's a week-to-week basis. That being said, I love the section of the the montage that we got when we saw a bunch of potential clients. I'd watch a Jessica Jones show that was that was that was episodic. Weekly. Yeah. Yeah. That was weekly like the client of the week. Yeah, I would watch the fuck out of that show and I would love six episodes, yeah. Of of Jessica Jones going mission to mission and watching a sh- watching this show in that universe. That being said, I like the direction that this series is heading from the premiere episode. And that do- that doesn't mean it didn't have some issues that we could get into when we get into the recap, but that's my thoughts. Joe, what what are your overall thoughts getting off this episode? Getting off to this episode or whatever. Yeah, pretty pretty much the same. Um I thought it was a little slow at the start it definitely picks up about halfway through um i'm I'm not as thrilled as uh as about the uh radio chick as you are right you probably feel a little bit more of a connection to her than i do but like i'm listening to her talk to her you know producer like she actually has a say in the matter listen sweetheart you're on an npr style fucking radio that's probably only local to new york and it it doesn't matter if you're not pulling in something sensational, you're only getting the couple thousand ratings that we would get no matter who or what we played in this hour because people's radios are just on that dial going to and from work. Yeah. Like, right now, without your like superhero connections, you are absolutely nothing and you are pretty much completely replaceable. And I have to say in the live motherfucking chat, the people joining us, Jack, I didn't mean to miss you. I just looked away from the chat briefly. Also saying a huge love to Lola. They programmed autoplay so you can binge that shit, says Broke, about the episode going into oh, the yeah. episode. They uh, want you to binge it. They want those, like, uh, oh, we, uh, you know, 40 million views in, in two days. We That's how great this is. Broke says Iron Man 3 post-traumatic stress syndrome was the or disorder was the only good shit in that film. And he also says, I agree, Phil Kilgrave was in this episode. She's calling herself a murderer because she killed that dude but it was justified she ain't stannis at first i thought that wiz dude was a joke and he was literally a super powered dude shout out to barry allen what's up guys i knew he was gonna be a super end up being a super powered dude it was very obvious that he out of all of them would have and especially when he showed up the second time i got to admit joe i was a little i was a little not completely blindsided by it but i was lulled into a sense of security in the montage that especially when we're forced to pay more attention to Chang there at the end of that scene it it the the show did it succeeded in pulling the wool over my eyes for a second the first time the second time he showed up I'm like oh something's up with this guy but the first time he showed up when he left I'm like oh they're just they're using this as the comedic montage like and bring it on or something when the weird cheerleaders come in or something like this is this is that moment of this series hello Helen great to see you we got big Kev who's doing awesome in the world series of poker lots of luck out there buddy kill it out there may all your flushes be royal so that oh yeah so that, that, and that's the thing too. Uh, some a little shout out to Barry Allen, Quicksilver, and stuff. It's it's uh and pretty much Quicksilver is the only one I think they've gotten right of like the fast 
you mean fast movers you mean x speed. you mean x-men days of future past uh quicksilver the more yes. the most recent quicksilver i agree that's the that's the only one they've gotten right with this uh super speeders i think the flash television series gets it wrong like i think that it's always gotten it wrong and everything that the flash has ever done the thing is, is yeah you see a flash you see this lightning bolt you not like it they just do it wrong you know this guy I don't know anything about this guy. This guy's a nobody. He's just got super speed. So whatever it looks like, it doesn't matter to me. But I just, for some reason, I have a real hard time with the way super speed has always been portrayed until until the Quicksilver. Yeah, I mean, I even think even the Justice League Flash was like, uh, still not quite good enough. I he think I, I agree with it. you. I think Quicksilver is great. I love how he slows down. He has the most comedy in it as well. And I think yeah. this speeder didn't bother me as much in that sense because it almost just seemed like I, I thought they didn't overdo it on the special effects with any flash like effect they or anything. They definitely didn't overdo it. They budgeted they, down. They budgeted for it, down which for is it. What I kind of like. Me too. Me too, Joe. That, that's it doesn't matter. He's not a superhero that we're going to connect with. It's like, oh, wait, he's got super speed, but it doesn't have to be like he is the speedster right. faster than everything. High dead right? guy. High, like, soon to be dead guy. You know, like, right, exactly. The minute they definitely put it in. Yeah, the minute they, he starts showing powers, I'm like, oh, this guy's dead. This guy's dead so quick. It's not Gone. even. Yeah, no way. Can't call them speedsters, but spoiler alert, they get shot by a non-superpowered non human. Humans, right, yeah. yeah. I love Phil and Joe. Great to see everyone. Thank you, all the people that are joining us. Sean is also here. Don't know anything about the show, but Phil and Joe are together again, so I'm fucking watching. That, see, that matters just as much to us. We love oh, everyone yeah. that comes in and watches because of the shows we're talking about, but it means even more to us if you're coming to watch us be uh, ass, be idiots. <laughs> I was going with ass douches, but you said idiots. That that works too. I think that was even. I think that was even better. So yeah, the tone is excellent. I'm not clean enough to be an ass douche. <laughs> the comedy was great. I it. I can't even think. I personally, for me and for my interest in the show, I can't think of any big weaknesses in it. I know you probably weren't feeling the Trish side of things as well. Uh, but but any other. Before we get into a recap of the episode, any other like overall thoughts on the episode so far? Um, not particularly. There's some things that like, like I said, they're trying to start off a season. They're trying to put last season behind, but also still make it impact this season because we also had the defenders yep. interlude in between where they had Jessica Jones, where they didn't really bring up any of her shit, but also it's after the shit happened so there was i oh sorry Joe. there was one line there was one right. line that i thought was directed towards the defender situation when someone calls her a hero and she says heroes die re reflecting back to matt murdoch being the hero of their group and in her mind right. into every all the defenders thinking that he's dead i think that was the only reference to defenders there was much more uh, this is much more of a sequel to jessica jones season two right. than anything to do with the defenders and i like that because even though we dealt with supers in this episode it felt back more back to uh season gr one grounded it felt a little bit more grounded to me than coming off uh coming off three seasons that felt a little over the top with with and i liked two of the seasons with luke cage and the defenders but luke cage the defenders and iron fist and Daredevil season two to a certain extent all felt a little bit bigger and a little bit more superhero, not superhero-y, a little bit more, oh, I guess superhero-y and the enemies yeah. in the, in the villains were a little bit more mythical or something. Soldiers and all that. Exactly. Shit. Getting back down to base roots in this particular universe felt really good to me. 
right. It was it was really good. And even even in the defenders, there was no reference to Jessica Jones in season one, really, uh, that I can remember. So this really brings it back. It brings back fresh in our minds that uh, you know, she killed Kilgrave. She changed the way superheroes can behave. Uh she put him out of her misery, you know. He was a very bad guy. He did not deserve to to live or walk around anymore. So, and what's excellent about it is that the show, and we talked about this at the beginning, doesn't shy away from that. It's not like, oh yeah, great job, you killed that guy that was trying to fuck with everybody. No, well, there's down on it. Right, she's carrying the baggage around, and no more than from herself that's looking at herself as a murderer. It's when you are someone with a personality like Jessica Jones, and you bring everything upon yourself. In that situation, she it, she doesn't need another excuse. She doesn't need a mind fucking psycho killer bringing up her past and then snapping his neck to fuck with her whole thing in her head. This is just another thing her, her that torture, gets torture because every time she thinks about what she did to him, right? Every time she thinks about that, no matter what kind of relief it gives her that it's not going to happen again, she thinks about killing him. She inherently is going to think about all the bad shit that he did to her thus reliving that trauma continuously, you know, and just wanting to drown it out with alcohol. Like, and then anything that could remind her of those traumas or anything like that is going to make her think of him and then think of killing him. So it's a double-edged sword. It's going to always be kind of in the back of her mind. It's going to always bring back the traumas that she had to live through anytime someone brings it up or it just creeps in. So she's in a, a pretty fucked spot, you know, and like you said, this is what, uh, you know, kind of shit that Tony was dealing with in Iron Man three, and I, I really liked that part. That part of the the Iron Man. So yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Holy shit, Helen making gin great again. Let it rain in the motherfucker. Love for Phil and Joe. Wheel. Spin that mother goddamn fucking wheel. So <sighs> so if anyone's joining us for the first time, if you're joining us live, we have something here called super chat, which people can donate money. And right now we're so lucky to have Helen who just donated $19.99. I'll take this podcast for $19.99. And if you donate, you get spins of the wheel. We might get more games soon to be able to play. And if whatever it lands on, we have to do. And so let's let's spin this shit and see where it goes and see where Helen takes us. So let's get back over here. It's it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. It gets to spin again. Spin again. Okay, so spin again. So there's so much fun to see here and so much good to explore in this season. Holy shit. It landed on everybody drink. Everybody drink. And so basically, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever you drink, grab a beverage. We know it might be in the afternoon or the evening. Grab a beverage. We're going to toast to, Hel to Hel Helen. Toast her up for donating the Super Chat here. Thank you to everyone. If you're listening to the podcast later on Podbean or Stitcher or iTunes, wherever, please try to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can join us live and join the fun of the live motherfucking chat. We may have two people, we may have ten people, we may have a hundred people. Whoever's joining us live are some of the best people in the world, and we really do appreciate it. That's why we're really excited to do this thing, and instead of just do one podcast about Jessica Jones, to do a bunch. So if you have gin, I highly suggest you picking gin first, because... Oh, uh, Joe takes it. 
I wish every TV show Joe loved turned to shit so he could explode every day. People, some people like the Joe rants. The Joe rants. That's mean. The it's like a lead guitar player doing a solo all the time. You need you need to you need to lay off sometimes. Joe needs to like stuff to realize how much he hates stuff. So. So Joe's, oh, Joe's taking a shot. I will escape in a few minutes and go grab my shot as uh, I'll let Joe take over here in a second. Okay, so I don't think there's much more to talk about here from uh, preempts here. Let's just get into this shit and get into our... Oh, yeah. Recap. Recap. got another super chat donation it's amazing thank you so much this afternoon it means more than you know these super chats keep us being able to do this and keep me being able to pay for internet and upgrade equipment and all sorts of stuff so thank you so much for all the help and that you guys are doing and i wish joe hated every show i i had to read that again it was amazing and i also <laughs> wanted to mention that if you're listening to the podcast later or this video later and you want to share any thoughts on jessica jones especially the episode that we're going to talk about and our next Next podcast will be about episodes two, three, and four. Just so you know, you can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 781-990-8509. You can also text that number. We have a call-in show, call-in number as well during the live shows, but that only works during the live shows, and you can see it up on the screen right now, and that's 657-383-1465. But please, if you do call, tell us wh who you are, where you're from, and let us know what your thoughts on Jessica Jones are are and as i said our next podcast possibly tomorrow will be about episodes two three and four and if not it'll be sometime over the weekend or early next week so those will be the next that will be the next three episodes that we'll be talking about and then we're going to get through this four more podcasts and we'll get through so lola deserves a spin too let's yep. spin that fucking wheel and get into this recap so speaking of recaps you know, I, I appreciate a good recap. The recap for last season of Jessica Jones really did a great job. I thought about rewatching the series, and this is one of those things that so many shows do last season, last week on this show. Netflix does it right. They just give you a quick highlight package. There's no over voice telling you what's going on. There's there's nothing. They just kind of show it to you. There's no real art there to it. They're just showing you important scenes. They pick a couple of real important scenes to remind you what happened last season and really get you into the feel of it. I like we that. We only needed one. We only needed one. That's the, the next step. The like crack. The last season. Yeah. <laughs> All we needed was the crack. Uh, oh, Lola landed on silly hat. So I need to wear a silly hat. Oh, what the fuck? I have to wear a silly hat and talk to my friend Lola. And and just to add to it, I'll talk. I'll do the beginning of this podcast as Goofy. Hi, everybody. So much fun to see this recap. Really got you back into the headspace of the episode. The, the intense music really giving you that noir feeling. We open up on Raffi, and, the, and that dude's Malcolm. So I'll, I'll, I'll drop the goofy voice. It's bad. What did I get? Everyone get naked? Lola, you can request that on the... Uh, I don't think anyone really wants to see that here when it comes to me and Joe, but you could request that being put on the wheel. Uh, I I cannot. It's like walking under mistletoe or, or, or you're... I was going to say something really serious or like marriage or something. When you spin this wheel, Joe and I have to do what's on the wheel. We, we, we don't have any, we don't have any, uh, we don't have any choice. 
So I wish they included Simpson in the recap because I didn't realize who he was until someone noticed he was the creeper that Trish noticed. I, I agree that they, they probably should have noticed him. I was sort of thinking about him when we saw the scene with Trish and Jessica. Jessica and it panned out when Trish was with her new boyfriend it looked like someone was watching and in that moment I'm like oh okay it's probably that dude but I didn't even know his name or anything what dude what dude was it I'm not the sure dude still. from last season that Trish was yeah. kind of dating or hanging out with that had uh, a superpower thing going on he had like super soldier serum and it turned him weird am I making am I am I remembering incorrectly people in the live chat or the comment section can correct me but I'm pretty sure that's that's the guy and then by the end of the season it was sort of the side one of the side stories of last season Trish Trish's whole side story with him Oh, what's what, what's up, the Madman Marts in the live chat right now? Hey, Madman. Hilarious fucking dude. D is in there. Is Jessica Jones a superhero I haven't watched yet? I don't know why I'm in the chat. Just love you guys. It's, yeah, I, you can call it a superhero, but don't don't let her, don't tell her she's a superhero. That would piss her off. So, yeah, Special Forces, dude. Have not seen it, so I'm going to listen later. K. Rich, thank you for popping on in, and thank you to everyone that's popping on in. Joe rocks that Vikings hat. So it's been... It's been a couple of years. Jessica Jones is finally back. The last time we checked in. Okay, so the new season opens up with Jessica telling this dude, running this dude Raffi down. And we see hear Jessica's voice, and she says, you can't get anything or, you can get anything or anyone in, delivered in New York City. We see a dude fucking some girl, and we see Jessica doing her P.I. thing. It's a pizza deliverer guy who's cheating on his wife, Maeve, and no, not Westworld Maeve. His girlfriend, who's his girlfriend manager. We see some, she sees him, uh, proof that he is, He's fucking someone else. Maeve's asked Jessica eventually to kill Ravi after saying how she doesn't like that very much. No, she fucking hates that. She goes, give me the cash. <laughs> and he's she doesn't pay him. I think she might have liked it a little bit more if he paid him. But he shows up and Jessica kind of just calls her out there and says, listen, you know, your wife here wants me to kill you. And and he's like, what the fuck? You're fucked up. And this girl yeah, goes, you ain't going to do nothing. You, you, you can take me. So we got a reminder that she's super strong. She crushes a steel chair. She crushes a steel chair. And Jessica keeps being called a superhero. And she just doesn't want to hear it. This woman, which is a good way of doing it. And it's being shown, not told. We see again about the Kilgrave situation and how everyone knows about it and thinks about Jessica as probably someone that fucking she fucking killed that guy she didn't just put him in jail she didn't just blah blah blah. she fucking killed the bad guy that's what you got to do you know that's what you got to do you got to kill the bag and i and i like that we see that right there that someone's calling her hiring her because ultimately they might want her to do something like that and uh she's just haunted by it every time someone calls her a superhero it triggers how she feels guilty about what she did jessica tells him he's caught and asks and says she tried to get me to kill you and Jessica shows him crushing her chairs Joe said I'm not a killer Raffi says uh you killed some dude uh, or and I heard in Trish talk that you killed some dude and I I'm no, I'm no murderer she keeps telling herself that and then we anyway Jessica's our emotionally damaged hero can't deal with the guilt and all the other feelings she's trying to ignore them drinking more and more taking on more ca cases for asshole clients and she doesn't care then we go into Trish singing horribly but I thought that was a good introduction to Jessica and what she's up to now Joe yeah it it got it go shit, shit as usual trying to make a buck living in New York <laughs> not a killer not a vigilante not a superhero just a person. Lola says I'm lost. Lola is all of us. Lola's lost now. I'm. I said, who's fucking who? Basically, 
Jessica Jones, for anyone who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, Jessica Jones is a p- private investigator. And she, through the course of the two seasons, has got involved in some superhero scenarios. And you get the feeling at the beginning of season one that she tried the superhero thing before when she was a kid because Trish urged her to and it didn't work out. So she has sort of a virgence to the superhero thing. At the end of the last season of the show, the first season, her main adversary fucked with her so much and was fucking with so many people and was so dangerous because he had like this mind control power. She handled the situation by, by snapping his neck and through the last episode and less than the defenders, but in this episode of the season, because she snaps his neck in episode 12 of last season, we're dealing with the weight of that. And, we get this long break and we come in on her and and she comes in on a pizza guy who's cheating on his wife that owns the pizza place yeah, that she's he's working investigating at. for the for the wife of the pizza delivery slash pizza cook. So that's a little bit more of a of just if anyone hasn't watched the episode and knows what the fuck's going on here. Yeah, he comes in. He's like, oh, nice to meet you, Jessica. She's like, you're going to wash that first. Tries to shake his hand. <laughs> that was a funny. Tries to shake her hand. I love that line. Uh, nice hat. Joe says Mel. So then we come on and Trish is singing horribly to a bunch of kids at a party. It's Patty. Uh, and this someone hired her. Or they made a deal with her to trade some medical files to sing at their kid's birthday party. I thought this was very funny, Joe. For more reasons than not, not just the radio thing, also uh, this as well. Yes, I can relate to Trish on some level. I I definitely can't relate to Trish on some level. Oh, yeah, you can. (laughs) On a lot of levels. more than I do. Yeah, much more than you do. It's true. And then we get to the party. It's just an excellent dress dress that Trish is wearing. She gets the hospital files, and she's pretending to be Patsy. And when she was younger, this character, Trish, Trish, who hosts a radio show now in this universe, used to be a child star, almost like a BoJack Horseman kind of thing, where she she was famous when she was a child. And then to try to keep that fame she eventually got a radio show which is basically her personality playing the same character and and being charm or not the same character but using her character fame to spark her charms and stuff that's what it was originally her show was like a fashion show what's big in the celebrity world maybe she could get some ins or know some people or, and stuff like that but you know Ultimately, she wanted to do reports on Jessica Jones last season and what was going on with that and, like, the bad Kilgrave guy. And, you know, now she's, uh, oh, well, that's all over. Let me dig up some more shit to put Jessica through. <laughs> and uh, get some more ratings. Rich, we got screwed here with the snow, too. I'd say we got, like, a foot, foot and a half or something like that. It's still coming down. It's still coming down. It's, it's that wet fucking horrible Heavy snow yeah i need jessica jones to come to my house and do some shoveling and also i'll sh- i shared some pictures in our discord group you can check that out if you want uh, a tree fell down and crushed part of our fence and came literally a foot and a half away from smashing on my car so but it didn't it was uh it was uh it was very very close so very very fun storm i got woken up at like two in the morning last night with this big huge crack bang it sounded like again jessica jones is outside breaking down trees and shit and you look outside and the tree is just freaking crashed it's crazy but anyways rick rich says yeah we got the power back on from the last storm thankfully it didn't go off again i'd be pissed tim great to see you joe she wants to be your friend great to see rich chilling bro waiting for all the snow to melt we got paul q who wants a pizza now and lola's going to get some vodka i also need to go get some vodka in a second 
So let's continue here. Then we see Trish walking down the road and a car follows her as she goes into an office to talk to Jessica. And Jessica's in there watching a movie. Unfortunately, Trish is making it hard for Jessica to ignore the problems of everything about the superhero life. Trish is happy to be hanging with Jessica and she probes Jessica about this shit. And Jessica hates being called a vigilante. Trish tells everyone she grew up with a super, but... Trish doesn't this is really fucked up Joe uh, I want you to, Trish is such an asshole because oh, yeah. she tells everybody I'd be like yeah all my guys I need to tell you something I have a friend who who likes to come over and slap my ass with oil uh you know like let's rub hot oil on my ass he's got dreadlocks I can't tell you who he is but he really right, exactly. likes slapping my uh, ass oh, over and oil. she killed someone. Oh yeah, and she killed somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, what kind of friend is this? Yeah. No. Fuck. Fuck you, Trish. Knife to the back of the head. Yeah. I mean. No. So, here's your dead parents. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Here's here's your uh, here's your friggin' burnt up dead parents. Here's your uh, the ashes of your dead parents. What the I'll fuck? Jump the gun a little. Here's your mysterious medical file that I I bribed a security guard to get illegally Trish is, so if you want all your money problems are solved you can sue the hospital for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for leaking that shit trish is gonna have a heel turn this season i think it was hinted at with what her boyfriend was spitting her towards spinning her towards that she's gonna turn around at one point and decide that if jessica's gonna be this bitchy to her all the time she's just going to uh, concentrate in her career and not hold the confidences that she has to worry and to be respected and to get ratings she's going to have to totally say who jessica is and really sell on that i could kind of see that heading in that direction this season with trish there was some yeah, if she wants what she wants she's gonna do what she's gotta do yep Tim says, oh, yeah, Spider-Man and TAS, they had the uh, the Wizard, if you missed that Easter egg. Uh, Wizard was walking around the streets. I don't, I'll don't. i have to double check on that, Tim. I don't know if you're fucking with me. So I know a hippie who has a recap channel and, got, and uh, reviewed Gotham before, but won't review it again. You should check out his YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly, Broke. So... Anyways, she found out all this information, and Trish says you were missing for 20 days, 17 years ago after the incident. She found out all this info, and it was a low moment having to do that party and to get all this all this medical information. And Jessica, all you've been doing is having meaningless sex and drinking and having bullshit cases. Nothing wrong with meaningless sex. <laughs> Jessica's uh... like... Jessica's like, yeah, I'm in no danger, you know. Like, I'm gonna. If anyone tries to fuck with me, I'll fucking break their neck. It's it's exactly what I want. It's fuck you, Trish. You have a fucking boyfriend. Eat eat shit. My boy, my boyfriend, the fucking dude that can't be skin can't be punctured is fucking you know with someone else, you know. And I'm waiting for my end game relationship with him. I mean, fuck you. There's no way she doesn't end up with Luke in the end. Anyways, in the wake of everything that went down in season one, Trish has become all about the superheroes. They're literally all she talks about on her shows these days, even with the lack yeah. of major development. Trish refuses to abandon the topic no matter what. So Trish needs Jessica's help to dig through this mystery, but Jessica refuses because the last thing she wants to do is reopen that traumatic door. Trish is desperate that she even uses Jessica's family ashes, as we said, which Jess never got rid of to change her mind, but it has the opposite effect. Jess 
threatens, threatens to cut Trish out of her life if she doesn't back off. The suggestion from all that Jessica was screwed because before she met Kilgrave, it was time for her to confront those scars. And Jessica just drinks it off. She's like, I'm drinking. That's how I'm confronting shit. And Trish is not right. too happy. Joe, as I run to go get my drink, because I do owe her a drink as well, do you think Jessica should, at this point, cut Trish out of her life and just talk a little bit about Trish's intrusive nature? Well, I mean, they're sisters, like stepsisters. I don't know about cutting her out of her life, but, you know, definitely got to put her at, at at a distance now at this point, I would think, especially with all the shit she did to her in this episode. But, you know, hey, friendship, love, all that stuff, muddies shit up. Maybe she just kind of wants this sort of attention also from her friends. Maybe... uh she also kind of wants to know what happened to those days, especially now she's kind of getting curious by the end of this episode. So, but I don't know. I found most of the first half of this episode to be extremely boring. Like I said, like I was, I was like, real, Oh my God, I wish they had done something to give us a little, like, yeah, the first 30 seconds was okay with the pizza shop, but then it, it slowed right the fuck down. As no. As and I and I hear, I hear you, Joe. I just, it, I guess it didn't bother me. As much because I'm almost learning to accept that as part of Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones and sometimes these Netflix series in general because of this. This gets into the bigger thing that we were talking about before the show uh, briefly, and we didn't want to bring it up. It's I'm. It's not that I'm going to go easy on this episode, but it's hard to go really hard on it without because I because I agree the beginning of the episode was a slow kind of burn. Because you don't know where this season exactly is going to go. And you don't... And, and, and it's it, been so long since season one. It hasn't been just a year. It's been like two years. They need to re- Yeah, they need to reset the deck and almost start fresh right. again. And also, these series, they know that most people are binge-watching at least three or four episodes at a time here. Maybe even the whole 13 in one block. Right, so the first half hour is nothing. Like, it's going to move right into the second half hour and then pick right up and shoot off. Exactly, and that's where we get into that fun thing that what we're doing with these shows, it's going to be a little different after this first one when we're doing three episodes at a time because we'll actually be able to look at a section of the story, you know, like a quarter of, almost a quarter of of the season. So we can see, and we know how quickly these series kind of shift with storyline to storyline, so we'll probably see the end of a storyline than the beginning of another one, but looking at it as a single episode and it would be interesting. I, I just don't want to do 13. I don't want, I, I don't have the patience to not the patience. I don't have the self-control to not watch a few episodes into a few episodes. I couldn't, I couldn't do just 13 of them. It, that would be too difficult and it wouldn't be judging it correctly as what it was, what the media was intended for because it's intended for people to watch the whole thing as a block and take it all in. Cause as you just mentioned, when you're all done with this, you're not going to be like, oh, half of season episode one was a little slow moving. You're thinking right. of the whole arc of the season. I can't think of – that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to do this because I feel like when I when we do these look backs on, oh, let's look back at all of Luke Cage, look back at all of Daredevil, look back all of Jessica Jones the Defenders, it's – it's hard. It's the whole story. It's it. the whole story. Yeah, we're saying, oh yeah, the whole story was great. The arc was awesome. This that. It's it's harder to pinpoint. Oh, I really loved Jessica's shit talk in this scene. You know, I loved how she right. was how she was daring. A lot of it gets lost. A lot of it gets lost. We wouldn't be talking about this scene with Trish that I actually really enjoy, even though I know what you're saying. But it, it, these series can afford to have these slow moment moment buildups because there's they give you the whole thing at once. And it's not, oh, I have to wait for the next week's episode. 
episode, oh, they're hyping this up for what's going to happen. There's going to be a big cliffhanger at the end of this episode to see what happens next. There's none of that shit. There's, there's, yeah. it's each episode flows into the next one. So I do appreciate yeah. that stuff. Yeah, but this bitch, fuck her. And I'm thinking about now. No, fuck her. Fuck her for, Toast. you know. I need ratings, so I'm going to force my best friend slash sister to deal with shit she doesn't want to have to deal with under the guise of healing when it's really truly all about my selfish motivation and my ratings to keep my job. Yeah, and don't So I don't have to go back to doing what the fall fashion might be. And don't bring the fucking family ashes in there. That's just rude. That's crossing the line. A lot of people don't like That's so crossing the line. It's so crossing the line. It's so crossing the line. So the next day, Jessica's sleeping, and some dude is, or no, uh, that dude, what? She went nuclear, like that. <laughs> yeah, super quick, super quick. And we go, the next day, I forget this guy's That's name, but I get it later in the episode, the, her assistant. In the wake of everything, she goes down. Uh, the next day. His she, name's You're Fired. <laughs> you're, Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's, uh, you're, you're fired. Mm, I just drank some, uh, you're fired a thousand times. This is the vodka I drank. Tito's, good vodka. I suggest it. It's yummy. So the next day, Jessica's sleeping and some dude comes in or a little assistant named You're Fired comes in and says, your first meeting's at 10 and shut, shut up, this. you're fired. How did you schedule your one so early? Get out. Get out. <laughs> See, and I guess it's one of the things that not, doesn't surprise me because I just didn't love the actress as much on Breaking Bad as some people did, and I've oh, ne- and I never liked this actress till Jessica Jones. But since you. she's been in Jessica Jones, she's one of the funniest things on television. She when she shit talks and her whole attitude, it reminds me a little bit in a completely alternate universe as like Billy Bob Thornton as Bad Santa or something. She it's but just like did you see the Be in Apartment Two Three or whatever it was. Like she's very much a bitch and shit talker, but it's still not good. No. Like Dawson ends up being the best thing about that whole uh that whole show. She's still awful in it, or the show itself is I still never awful. I never I never saw that. Do yourself a favor, don't unless you wanna get more of like a uh she wasn't good until this. You might actually like it. I don't I don't know, but I, I have definitely not liked anything of hers until Jess Jones. She's perfect for this role. Her, like this role the, suits her well. There's and we say this a lot, but I, I don't think there's anybody else that I can think of or could imagine that could play the part. And I'm sure other people could do it. Other people could have been cast, but I don't think there's anyone that could have played this part as quite as well as as she does. She's just she's so funny and like her one liners and stuff. Firing this guy, that whole attitude, it's intensely amazing. Or I, I and that's carried over from season one too. She, you know, what are you even doing here? Why are you in my house constantly? Yeah, get the hell out of here. Why <laughs> in my office? Get out. Her name, Kristen Ritter. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, okay. So then we get to see the montage of her clients who range from a dying woman who wants to reconnect with her son to a con- what seems like a conspiracy nut named Wiz Wizzer who claims to be uh, someone trying to kill him because he super speeds. And uh, her assistant says she shouldn't take, she should take the the missing son case. And Jessica's like, I don't want to take this. I don't want to care. This is someone I'm going to care about. And I don't want to take a pro bono case because I don't want to encourage more fucking people to try to, to try to, to try to get free shit. She's done. She doesn't want more people to think she's a hero. So then someone else comes in. It's this guy named Price Chang. She's heard of him. He's the owner of a bigger private investigation firm, and he 
he says, Jessica, I'm visiting here because I want to hire you and give you clients through me. And she's like, no, you want to eliminate the comp competition. She says, no. Her spider sense tingle with this one. She says, no, no, no. And he says, you never heard my offer. He goes, I don't want to hear your fucking offer. And he says, I never say no. She goes, how rapey of you. And she says, he says, you're a vigilante superhero. And uh, her assistant uh, fired guy says, dude, no. And then she's just like, listen, get the fuck out of here. You're an idiot. And she talks some shit. And then this dude talks some shit back. You can't help yourself. You're just, and he's just an asshole, but she's an, a she's an asshole back and forth. And, uh, he said, she says to her assistant, yeah, he might just be an asshole, but he's an asshole that can put out a business. And I, I actually really liked their interactions. I thought they had fun chemistry between the two of them. Yeah fucking with each other back and forth so we continue at first jessica thinks she can beat price simply by tailing him and she meets uh she meets wait anyways sorry i'm trying to read my fucking notes and uh she ends up seeing that this guy is not nothing she can really get on him and then we go over to Ho hogarth and she's giving a speech we see trinity about lawyers about being great but the whole point of this whole scene is we see that her her clients are going to settle her. She's got some problems because she's brings money clients in, but her bosses want to fire her and we, her bosses are real fucking dickheads to her. They, they just talk some shit to her. It's, it's pretty bad. And, uh, client named Linda said, no, says, yeah, this is what she says. I'm trying to remember what they, what she said, but I got it right here. She says, you haven't been the same since your wife died. She's just like, she's so rude to her. And I mean, I know Hogarth isn't anyone to, uh, to be like a kind person, but she's just, she just talks shit to her. She's like, Hogarth, you fucking suck. Sorry, I'm getting a little buzzed here from that one shot. Thank you, Super Chat donators. You're fucking already getting me drunk at one o'clock in the afternoon. So then we see, then we go to Trish talk with her superhero babble. And we talked a little bit about this before, Joe, but I think this is going to be a big element of the season. And I know this isn't your favorite part so far, but I do think again that Trish struggling with being a friend versus a celebrity and not wanting to go back and do gossip columns and shit like that is going to uh, push her to backstab Jessica. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she already kind of is. So, I mean, I feel like. But, you know, maybe not. Maybe I'm I'm overdoing it. <laughs> yes, getting Phil drunk is fun. You don't want to get me drunk. It's horrible. I'll be sleeping by three. So Jessica's voiceover about Chang, about how he's a piece of shit and she knows him. He's the cool kid. She's trying to dig up dirt, but there's no dirt to be found. Since Jessica declined to buy his buyout offer, Price decides to poach her clients, which gives Jessica a smart idea to do the same. So her pitch to one of uh, Price's clients is her superpowers allow her to go where, where Price can't. And we get to that a little bit later, but she ends up getting into a fight with him and he brings up Kilgrave. I love this scene. This is when we started to get back into, I think, where you probably started to get a little bit more into the episode. We started to pick things up at this point where she starts fucking with this guy and yeah. and he electrocutes her. And I love the look when he electrocutes she like He's like, I could totally beat you. You're not anything. I could fuck you up. And then he tries to, his big move is to electrocute her. Do you think he has... Right. Do you think he has more in mind, Joe, or that was he really is egotistical enough to think he could have stopped her? Um, I don't know. She okay. So even if you know she's a super, right, you still got to look at her and be like, 
come on, you're a tiny little girl, right? That's like the man attitude towards most shit, like until that woman kicks your ass and snaps your neck or you try to electrocute her and she's, you know, Right. (laughs) No, I agree. I think we may see a very similar to Tim, Tim Roth's character in the Incredible Hulk stories in this in this season, because I'm keeping my eye out of who's going to be our adversaries for Jessica Jones this season. And I think I could see this guy going the route of trying to figure it out how to become a super. Nope, he's going to become an ally. You think he's going to become an ally? I think he's going to become an ally. I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. I think he went there because what's her name sent him there, but I don't necessarily think he is a bad guy. Right. You think, you think he's going to end up by the end of the season being a turnaround character instead. He said something nasty to her. Right. And she, and then she smacked his head on the wall. Right. She attacked him first. Am I, am I wrong about that? No, I'm pretty sure he, he said the kill grave thing and then she attacked him. Right. And then, like, he felt exactly how hard that was and how much it hurt and tried to protect himself immediately with a a stun gun. Yeah. A a taser, right? And that didn't go so good for him. But I don't, like... And then he says a line. He says a line, uh, you're the weakest human I ever met. And I don't know. It's pretty weak to attack someone's weakness with their weakness, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty weak. Come on. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's not necessarily not smart, but it's definitely... A it's, weak move. Yeah, it's the it's the right? it's the shortest path to your success to your goal there in that situation. Right. No guile, no cunning, just straight at it. Like, let me attack your weakness with your weakness. Uh, Tim says, Nope, this guy Chang is just an ass. Rich says as long as it's a Pompeii Sapphire. Uh smoke and fly brainwash. Hope you're having a good drive out there. Brooke says, I think he'll become an opposing force. It's gonna be interesting to see as this season goes on where he's going to go. Nope, he's gonna become an ally, I think. I don't think it'll be an opposing force. Um, so we haven't set up for her to have any allies yet, right? All we have is, so we had what could have been in like Speeder guy, but he died real quick and he's going to open up some investigate, uh, you know, the AG, IGH shit. So then we had her lawyer, lawyer friend, uh, obviously doing some weird shit with Chang uh, and she got her uh, own she got her own bad news that we'll get to a little bit later which is right. going to cause her to become very uh very very bloodthirsty not bloodthirsty cutthroat very more cutthroat, cutthroat than she already is yep. obviously from what we saw then you have uh the blonde who's obviously now mostly concerned with her career and what she wants to do rather than what she you know uh is being told to do and you have so her cast of allies is very small even chang doesn't look appear to be an ally at this point but i think out of this cast one of them is going to end up being more of an ally now we already know that the lawyer's been in many of these uh, netflix marvel series and she's always kind of you know got jessica's back but not really so i think that's going to sour I think there's going to be tension with the blonde that's going to sour and then they'll get be friends again, just like in season one. I think the ally is going to end up being Chen. I think he's going to end up seeing that, you know, she's actually a good person. You know, that's why he kind of wanted was okay with hiring her for his business in the first place. That's kind of where I think it's going to go. I could be wrong, but I, I I really think he's going to end up being a, uh, an ally and who knows, maybe he's smart enough and has power himself, but didn't use any. 
I w- it wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I, c- I could see it go either direction, but I think you're absolutely right on that. She does need some allies at some point in time this season. It, it, each one of these Netflix series, each hero eventually does get some allies. It will be interesting to see Jessica be alone, but they did that last season. I mean, Luke joined with Luke, her at some, at some yeah. point. I, w- I don't know if Luke's making a guest appearance or any of the other defenders make crossovers in this season. I, I will have well, to... Luke- and what's her name? Wasn't what Dawson? Yeah, Rosario might Rosario is, pro- is probably going to show up at some point in time too. And I wouldn't be surprised if Luke uh, makes an appearance at some point as well. But I, I'm also not holding my breath for that as well. Uh, so Mel says, "Thank you for making my Thursday a little easier with the super chat donation." And you get a spin of the wheel, Mel. Spin of the motherfucking wheel. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually get a daredevil, knowing that he's alive. Yeah, that would right? be that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. I, I especially considering we haven't uh, we we haven't or seeing that as a continuation to the Defenders arc and lead into a possible Daredevil season three as well. So we see Trish talk. Oh, the Punisher. Maybe we get the Punisher. I forget about him sometimes, but he is in this world. <laughs> he is in this world. And his season. Oh my God! So perfectly cast. And his season, is, another one. And his season is most fresh. So you could you could theoretically. He possibly was still on set when they were filming Jessica Jones, so he might make the most sense for a quick crossover of some sort, uh, dealing with the thought of vigilante vigilante versus hero or something right, like that. Right, right. See, because that's what they keep playing on. Uh, good call. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> May, maybe, yeah. Let's, let's, let's wish Frank Castle into this season, Joe, to see a Frank Castle-Jessica Jones combination. Right? We're I'll gonna... have them rewrite episode nine before we get there, so he's yeah. in there or some shit. <laughs> and, the villain, and the villain of the season is going to be Kingpin. That's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to find a way to logically make Vincent D'Onofrio the main villain focus of another one of these seasons. And I think it will probably be in a daredevil thing in daredevil season three, because of the, because of the, the preview we got to that in daredevil season two in the prison scene with Matt Murdock and, and the, and Kingpin. So we kind of got a hint that there's more to come between the confrontation between the two of them. So it'll probably occur in daredevil season two, or if there is a defender season two, I could see it occurring in there as well. Cause the Kingpin's that big of a villain. Kingpin has, does, the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has his own comic, I, I believe. Kingpin, no? I believe so. I, you would know more about that than I. I'm sure Kingpin has a comic as well, but I know he is. He's probably. I want a Kingpin season. I want a Kingpin season. He's the single most important Marvel villain in a lot of ways. Not, not a, like uh, uh, an, a season where he's the villain in it of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, or a whatever. A season focusing on him. I want Kingpin. Yeah. Let, you like, know, watch this motherfucker build his empire up over again and fucking crush. I wonder why they don't do that more as much as I love seeing hero-based stories. I would love to see a season of a superhero story or a, mo- or a movie, not the Suicide Squad, but no, a, re- a real movie or show that has the villain be the star of it. And like I can, American Psycho. Like American Psycho, but do it in a superhero context of right. having a season of these Netflix shows, having one season be the Kingpin season. Uh, you had Frank Castle who's on that level, but go to the next level and have a actual, the next Netflix season you do or the next big cycle of them have kingpin and start it with kingpin escape from prison and make even if it's eight episodes something more aligns of a shorter season doesn't have to be 13 episodes you could do an eight episode six episode arc something yes i i would i would 
that needs to happen because Vincent D'Onofrio is that good at exactly. that part. And a lot of and I know we're talking about Vincent D'Onofrio, not David Tennant as Kilgrave, who is equally as good in Kilgrave, but Kingpin's alive still. And I would love to see him become more of a focus in this universe again. Yes, because he also isn't he like highly involved in Spider-Man yes, storylines. He's hugely too? involved in Spider-Man. Like, and I can't believe they haven't brought him into any of the Spider-Man fucking movies. Yeah, I, I agree as well. So like he's Kingpin. He's, like, he's, I mean, especially though, fucking... especially those of us who grew up with the 90s Spider-Man cartoon know how important Kingpin is to the whole universe. Anyways, so let's continue. She says, uh, then we see Trish talking about her workers at Jessica's place. And she says, she Jessica says she hates smug and, and Chang is smug just as Trish comes in. I'm kind of all, uh, I finished the Chang stuff about when he attacked him. I get to that later again, but we'll just skip over it. Yeah. So she says, I got some shit 17 years. And, and this is where she gives her the, 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 the ashes. ashes. What ashes the fuck? And what a bitch. Like. Consider those buried. Consider your storage area their fucking crypt, bitch. <laughs> you don't get to move those until I move them. You don't even get to, like, unless you got to move them across to the other side of the storage bin, leave them right the fuck where they were. What an <laughs> asshole. And Paul, it's, and I would say I'm not going to go, I wouldn't go that far. I think it hasn't been done well in a long time. The, the DC animated universe of Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Static Shock, Justice League, all of that is the pinnacle of DC visual entertainment. DC, yep. as much as I like the Nolan movies too, or the, or the, or the, the original Batman movie, the Batman 89 and stuff, Tim Burton movies. And I love a lot of the stuff, DC movies, even the Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve stuff. DC is was at its best in the visual medium in the Bruce Timm, uh, Paul Dini universe. And it's never been as good again. And it may never be as good. It may it's never been as good since. And it may never be as good again. And it's tough for me because my favorite superhero stuff is in that animated universe. But... And I love Batman. I love DC. But the movies, I agree. I haven't liked anyone except for Wonder Woman. And I'm trying to think if there's another DC movie that I liked. But I think Wonder Woman is the only one I liked. And the rest of them are crap on a stick. And then uh, the first Christian Bale Batman's good. Oh, no, I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about the Bale Batmans. I'm not talking okay. about the Bale Batmans. And I'm not talking about the Burton Batmans. I think they're good, but they're not. They're different. They're outside of it. I still think the Batman animated series, the Paul, the Bruce Tim Paul Dini universe, is a better orchestrated superhero universe than almost ever been done. And and I think it's a it's yeah. They haven't figured out how to do a Superman movie since Reeves died. The thing is, uh, they try to. The, I really enjoyed the first Superman movie. Me too. I, 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 the it first... has its flaws. Definitely has its flaws. I like the second I one too. Really and I, I like the second yep. one too. And I like them all as the big saga. And I would have liked to see the original creator there to allow himself to do the to do to have done the movie he wanted to do with the both of them. And I, I just and I'm not saying anything bad about the Bale Batman or the first two the first two Burton Batmans. I think both of them are good. I don't like Dark Knight uh, Rises as much, but the first two Nolan movies I think are like are fucking amazing and i think the first two burton movies are fucking amazing i'm not to say that there's no other good dc content out there i'm just such a fanboy for that universe that i think it's so good and i almost think marvel and what they've done has taken notes from that 
and the way that they built their universe by building the individual movies alone first to be the building blocks and then bringing it all together in the Justice League cartoon series that they brought it all together or in the Superman finest Batman and finest movie that came well, together. Green Lantern was awesome. And <laughs> fuck you. Do you mean you mean that you mean the Ryan Reynolds one? Fuck you. That movie sucked, dude. I thought that movie oh, was horrible. Come on. I thought that movie was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Different podcast altogether. I thought that was a di- okay. We're we're off subject a little bit, but let's get back to Jessica Jones. So, Thank you. I knew that would end it. <laughs> fuck you, you asshole. So we see Jessica try. It's all part of the same thing, though, Joe, because it's a, another superhero universe, and I think especially with the Netflix series, they're do they're doing a very similar thing. So we see Jessica trying to get. Uh, get dirty but nothing is there oh she's uh oh yeah she's bailing out and frankly she's like fu- oh wait sorry i can't write i can't oh she's just drinking <laughs> jessica's drinking yeah, drinking. <laughs> drinking and drinking and drinking and she says uh she doesn't ever want to remember this maybe she says she has a flashback she remembers being alone and she remembers the an accident we we open up to her eyes and she's looking around and she hears malcolm waking her up she gets sort of a a drunk nightmare of sorts that haunts her that's why i can't read it because i'm sort of writing a dream sequence i thought this was fast and quick and did what it did well and again this is where the tempo of the episode starts to pick up a little bit she says she just can't find anything bad about chang she looks at a puppy and says everyone has a secret and she goes to chang's office with a dog and we already kind of talked about this she she ends up attacking him and getting arrested. And then Trish bails her out at the police station with her new boyfriend, who we saw on the TV in the scene that Trish is talking to her boss. And he's some big famous TV guy right now. And and he gives her some advice about how she should fuck over Jessica to to, uh, to deal with the story. Jessica gets probation and angle, anger management. Do you think Jessica should have got more for this than probation and anger management, Joe? Um, really? And how quick was that? (laughs) Yeah, like Night Court, right? Yeah, it was. It was Harry Harry Anderson in there. It was Dan Larroquette. Was uh, what was his name in that show? I I forget. It was Night Court. Like, couple was there getting married, but the the radio chick was on her way to a uh, what some sort of gal like charity gala, and. Jessica had to have been like arrested, brought to station, booked, <laughs> you know, and that was like an arraignment she pled guilty for, I guess. I don't know. So it was all pretty fucking quick. Yep. It was really quick. And suddenly she has anger management. Can they do that without a court case? But anyways. No, because she pled guilty. So that was. The oh, so, so she they just, said, uh, yeah. She do you want to solve this now or do you want right. to go to trial? Okay. Like you, you've been there. Yeah, no, I have. Uh, fair enough. So Jess says, uh. Okay, so then she makes some jokes about how her and the her and the soon to be evil new boyfriend have a little back and forth about how uh, Jessica likes dark it. humor, dark humor, which I think is a little hint that he maybe is going to be a a bad, a bad guy eventually, and Trish is going to end up back with the dude that's following her. That's really going to be the good guy. The stalker guy is going to yeah. be the good guy, and, and this dude's going to be the asshole. It's a little bit of a trope that happens in some stuff, and I think it's definitely going to happen here. I think it, I feel the same way. I think it was pretty, pretty likable. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So then the British lawyer comes out and says, make some joke. Oh, yeah. The, uh, that was all that. So then we go to Trish and her new dude at the party. He's confronting Trish and talks a little bit about fucking over Jessica. Uh, it's a it, he's sly about it, but he definitely basically what he's saying is you should fuck over 
uh, Jessica for her, for your career, and Jessica wants to be alone, so let her let her be alone. That's it. Yeah, she, if she's got to work shit out, she's got to work shit out. Let, like she's crazy, just like I was. I didn't get to where I was because I'm just good looking. I got there because I, you know, jumped in every stupid shit stink hole around the world until I was famous. D says justice is sweet. Killmonger says, I wish I watched all these series. I know what the fuck you guys are talking about, you fucking assholes. He didn't say assholes, but I added that. Uh, so then we go back to Hogarth at the doctor, and I love Hogarth. She's just like, listen, uh, uh, no, wait, I'm sorry, no, she has a she has a doctor's appointment. We also meet her talking to Chang and talks about following Jessica. And he says, listen, I don't want you to follow, you know, fo she fucked with me. I want you to help me sue her. Well, and here's the thing, she can't sue her. She can't hire her to sue her. It's a conflict of interest at that point, as far Thank as I, you, I would be aware. Like, they're good friends. She's also done lawyer work for Jessica Jones, which would automatically, I think, preclude her from uh, being the lawyer that sues her. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's got to work somehow like that divorce shit in The Sopranos, right, Phil? Yes. No, it, do it does. And where you But I think what we talked about earlier, Hogarth might be at a point where she's not going to deal anymore where she's going to go outside the law in any way possible that's why she wants right, to because she's going to be one of the villains right she wants Probably to be behind igh right maybe maybe she has money in there or she has some connection to it i yep. uh, uh, tgri where the ninja turtles became ninja turtles i think she's she just wants to keep that in her back pocket the option to fuck with jessica in that way if she wants to because she knows it's just another barrier she could put in front of Jessica to get in between her and her whatever her agenda is. And Lola gave a super chat donation. It landed on Phil Drink. So fuck, uh -huh. fuck me. I got a drink. Lola, thank you so much for the super chat donation. Lola says, I'm lost. Where the fuck are we anyway? We're at Hogarth. Who Hogarth uh, is sick and dying. Right. We haven't quite got there yet, but we'll get there in a second. Excuse me. We go over to Jessica who's heading home. We see a close-up from behind. It's Wiz. Wiz across the street of Jessica's apartment. And he's still she's still like, fuck off. And he's like, someone's trying to kill me. I don't need you to listen. I need someone strong and fast to help me. And back again this time, eventually he comes back and he has a gun. And she's protect. he demands that they protect her from a monster. He's trying and to help him. And reveals his actual speed because he's scared enough. Yep, it's a fear-based speed. Yep, and he's zipping around the room, and he eventually heads he's out. He's like throwing shit at her, like the lamp, yep. <laughs> the ashes. And eventually, yeah, he picks up the ashes, and the ashes scatter everywhere, and she looks horrified. She's like the dudes in the Big Lebowski at the end, where Donnie's ashes is spread all over them. It's fucking amazing. Joe, you're mean. Uh, you mean IGN or PSN? <laughs> so Jess chases him out of the building with jazz music playing, and arrives just in time telling him she believes him and just as she says uh one of the things one of the overhead uh things on the street come crashing down a bunch of scaffolding that's what's called crashes down on him leaving jessica standing over his bloody body and not she's too fast not yeah not fast enough apparently I, all I can say is I know what you're saying about Barry Allen. I know what you're saying about all these other speedsters, whether it be on Heroes where we see – what's her name? Uh, the freaking uh, – not Elsa. Anna from uh, – what's the, What's her name? I'm blanking on her name right now. She's also in that show, The, the, the Good Place right now. Uh, but she's on Heroes. She plays a speedster on Heroes. Uh, when you're in the situations like that, you, you can – oh, no. She's in the speedster on Heroes. Is she? She's the, she's the – 
I'm sorry. I'm fucking. I'm. I got heroes on my mind. I'm, I'll shut the fuck up here. It was the Big Lebowski's 20th anniversary this week. Great timing to do a review, Phil and Joe. Hint, hint. Funny you say that. Not tomorrow, but a week from Friday, theoretically. We're trying to get it together. Joe, myself, and a special guest, one of our friends, Steve, the dude, <laughs> that we call him, will be joining us to do a look at the Big Lebowski. Basically a review, but we'll be talking about a lot of other facts to do with it as well. Yep. So, Good stuff. Yeah. So we go back to Hogarth now with the doctors. She has a muscle cramp. She says, it's just a fucking muscle cramp. And the doctor closes the door. And we don't need to hear what gets said in this scene to know what kind of news she gets. We can just gets. see it on her face. Yeah, we can see it. She's like, what happened to Neo? What happened to Neo? No. <laughs> no. No, it's not true. It's not he true. The white rabbit. Yeah, he was. He followed the white rabbit. And Colonel Sanders set him on a mission to, to meet the... Uh, to meet the Oracle and he had to fight a ninja fight with some French dude that was trying to fuck Trinity. It's it all fucked up. Hmm. Holy shit. Okay. So where the fuck am I? So Malcolm shows up. That's his name. The last traumatic experience comes to breaking Jessica who retreats to her office and curls up on the floor. And we need to, Joe, realistically, if we're going to review Jessica Jones, we have to drink. It's, it's almost, it's almost we can't you can't review Jessica Jones without drinking. So then Malcolm shows up at Alias. Jessica says, I should have buried them. Uh, don't step on them. And this scene, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I mean, it doesn't take a lot for me. Some weird commercials can get me sometimes. But this scene, I didn't cry, but I shed a tear here. And this was this was good acting on. Kristen's part here to show because Jessica isn't just a wisecracker you see it on a couple times throughout the episode and throughout the season I assume we'll see it where Jessica has a lot of depth and in this moment when you're so hard like she is all the time when you finally break it down and if it's done right it's it can be emotional and this scene was a little emotional for me so she says she should have buried them don't step on them and Malcolm says I'll pick it up I'll take care of them and then she starts talking about her brother was your age and he was a pain in the ass too. <laughs> and Malcolm says, I would like to know him. That, for some reason, after that line, he would like to know him. He was a pain in the ass. That's what got me. Where I got just a little, I got a little misty. I got a little misty, Joe. Am I, you know, Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe's like, no, you're, you're cold. Did it melt your cold Grinch heart at all? Yeah. <laughs> you just. I like, was just, I was just looking at how perfectly he got, like, he moved a bunch of ashes over and like scooped them up. And then like his thing was empty and there was a perfectly clean spot of where the ashes were. And he was going for like number two scoop and the papers were still all perfectly white. <laughs> like, that's all I could focus on. I was like, what the fuck is he doing over there? Joe, that's what, that's why you're my co-host Joe. So she eventually searches this dude's bag and she finds some drugs, which, which give him uh which should fuck with him on some his mind, but she said it's a clue to a drug place. It, it's some yada yada clue uh, investigation stuff where she's giving him investigation one on one. Always look at the details and whatever, which takes him to an abandoned industrial garment place. Perfect place for a supervillain headquarters. International garment uh, handling. Handling, yeah. I G I G H. Yep, but Phil's Phil. Phil's heart grew three sizes that day. 
I need to send you some Polish vodka for real. I want to see Joe's face. We do have a P.O. box. I don't know how expensive that would be for you, Lola. But if you ever wanted to do it, even if it was a tiny bottle to offset the costs, like a like a couple of nips or something, if you wanted to send it, Joe and I would absolutely drink your Polish vodka on the air. Uh, so uh, feel free to send it. P.O. Box 236, Marblehead, Massachusetts, 01945. Again, P.O. Box two, 236, Marblehead, Massachusetts, 01945. So, and send money and jewels. Lots of money. All of yeah, always money, always money. And if you want to outbid each other, you know, we'll, we'll take that too. <laughs> so, no body parts. Well, if there's money on it. <laughs> <laughs> if there's like a diamond ring attached to a finger or something, you can send that. that that's allowed. That, Don't that, send drugs. Yeah, yeah, Lola. Don't sip it for $50. That, that, that's not worth it. That's, that's too much. That's too yeah, much. No. That's too much. Maybe we can find a store around here. Search online to see if you can find us a link to be able to buy. Tell some. us what the name of it is. Tell, right. Yeah, tell us what the name of the vodka is. Send send me a message on Facebook with the name of the vodka, and Joe and I will look for it around here. I'll just put it right there. <laughs> but I won't. Okay, you'll remember it. I won't remember it. I'm already fucking. I won't up. remember it. I'll, but it will be. We'll have it. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. It's on the screen now. The, the, we, I have the chat on the screen right now, so we can actually look back. So anyway, so. Jessica snoops and is like, damn, Skippy, I want to be careful. I don't want to be dead. And she does her thing and eventually around the corner comes across a lab, Great Darkness, which triggers her memories of being in the lab and her parents' accident and disfigured monster. I almost... I'll talk about this in a second. And she knows she was made there and it was Wiz Wizard was made there too. And uh, she has to find a way to get the door wider and wider. Um, okay, so that's basically the end of our episode. The only thing I didn't like, Joe, at the end and probably all in all in this episode is I don't know if I would have wanted and it. Maybe it just makes it seem like the monster aspect of the season is just going to be a red herring on what the bigger issue is. I don't like that we saw the monster so clearly in the vision. I would have did rather we see the monster. Yeah, we did saw we see a monster. We... Oh, did we see? Wait, listen to what you saw. You saw a mangled guy grabbing someone. You don't know if he was trying to get him out of this building that was coming down or if he was the cause of this building coming down we don't know if that's a monster or not we don't Fair. know what the monster technically is you know so we'll find out no we will we'll find out. we will and you're right about that in this universe more than other universes things aren't what they seem Something that seems like it could be something could not could be something completely different. Right. The monster Who else could, was being tested on. What right. was being tested? That on? could just be another victim. I no, right. I totally hear what you're saying. So another blah, 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 blah. I was using the Entertainment Weekly recap as well as my own notes for this one. So thank you to Entertainment Weekly for allowing me to read what the fuck you write. So they say another development episode. We find out that Jerry hired Price to hire Jessica because she couldn't do it herself since Jessica are on the outs. However, the plan fell through. So now Jerry has decided to represent Price in his lawsuit or not decided she wants to open herself up. We don't know that's what they're doing. Jerry, who is also being sued by the secretary she was sleeping with last season, received some shocking medical news in this episode. However, we don't find out what's wrong. Shut the fuck up. Whoever wrote this article, I love you. Thank you so much for letting me read some of your words to piggyback on so I could watch the episode a little bit more clearly and kind of just go off on it. Uh, but we absolutely found out, we didn't find specifically what's wrong with her, but if you don't know she got some, you're, you have this long to live kind of news, then you're not watching carefully enough. She right, and he's not watching carefully enough because he draws the conclusion that he's she's definitely going to sue for Chang. No. That's not what she said. She said, 
She said, maybe we can do something, but let's start with hearing what your story, your version of the story. Like that just could be like a, you know, most likely she is, but we don't know that that's what the plan is. And, you know what I mean? And it just could be an extortion. Will you, will claim to sue her and then get her to do what we want her to do. And also we talked about this a little bit before Trisha's ex-boyfriend, Will Simpson is definitely following her around. So that's basically it on this episode. Anything else, Joe, that you have to say about this episode, or you just want me to shut the fuck up at this point so you can go watch episodes two, three, and four now? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's nothing else I have to say. I'm looking forward to the rest of this. I've been waiting a long time for this. Um, I still think Jessica Jones season one is up there as one of my favorite. Uh, That and The Punisher is a close second as my favorite uh, seasons in this universe um mainly because they both do what needs to be done at the end of the season like and that's something that daredevil can't do he's ob- very obviously has that moral Ridic- line that yeah, he a ri- cross a ridiculous so, a ridiculous moral line that he will the comic book universe and it's highlighted so much in his first season that when you get the jessica jones season it's like thank god that's it's such a uh uh contrast that I really liked it. Made Jessica Jones really stand out for me. For me, Joe, it's it's hard. Depending on the week or the day, I'll go back and forth between Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Jones Season 1, and Punisher Season 1 as my favorite. I think all three of those could trade off yes. 1, 2, 3. Then I would probably go Daredevil Season 2. Then I would go Luke Cage. Then I would go The Defenders. Then I would go... Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Iron Fist. Anything else that they put out in the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah. Anything else they put out in the then future. Maybe Iron Fist. <laughs> the, 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 anim- the animated uh, movie about, uh, about I don't know, the comic book series about Daredevil. The, uh, the, the behind <laughs> the, the, the scenes, scenes filming. Yeah, the behind the scenes <laughs> filming. <laughs> you know. And then Iron Fist. And then, and then eventually we come to Iron Fist. And I might trade Luke in Daredevil and uh, Defenders sometimes, but I think I, in general, liked at least the first half of Luke Cage season one better than the Defenders as a whole. The second half of Luke Cage got a little silly for me when the new vi- the newer villain came in. But yeah. but the first half dealing with Cottonmouth and dealing with all of that I thought was very very strong. Um, I think the Defenders is strong at times, but in general isn't isn't as strong as it could have been because yeah. of some of the villain choices. I think, but I think the collection of all of the heroes together was really well. So I put Defenders a little bit low lower on that list, but I did not not enjoy the Defenders. So. So Iron Fist sucks as brainwash. Yes, I need to get on the next one. It's still it's still a fun watch, but it's not. It doesn't hold up as good as the rest of these mm-hmm. seasons that we mentioned. I, it really I, doesn't. It re- I, I agree, and I absolutely feel like they cast the wrong person. Loris should not have played. Iron Do you Fist. think? And, and okay, this is the end of our discussion for for Jessica Jones this episode. We may talk for two or three more minutes about a couple of subjects before we end things. But do you think? We talked about this a little bit before, Joe. Would would is it all about that? Because I tend to think yes. If Iron Fist was just simply another actor, would it? I think it still would be my least favorite series. But would you hate the series Iron? Not hate, dislike the season of Iron Fist as much as you did. Is it for me? It's ninety five percent Loris, five percent the season didn't uh, yes. hook me. Correct. 
Yeah, that's that's very much so what it is. Loris was horribly cast in that role. Um, as far as the job he did in Game of Thrones, I thought it was exceptional. And then seeing this, I feel like it wasn't necessarily the job he did, but the fact that his on-screen time in Game of Thrones was is yep. not a lot per episode. Yep. And it's real easy material to work with. And you really are just so overwhelmed with the beauty of the scenery of the outfits the costume the costumes and uh even the musical score in game of thrones at times and just everything else that's going on with that production yeah that it's easy to overlook whether or not he's a good or a bad actor and again his screen time is very limited uh as compared to this but when you when i see him in this i just feel like wow no he's not a good actor he barely holds his own dude i agree i agree with you and i've said this before and i'll i'll say it again motion the potion the rocker yes man no i said it before i'll say it again that i want in an alternate shift that because i really do believe this and some people may laugh or roll their eyes at me i think Stephen amell is excellent in the role of arrow i think the show arrow sucks I think I think can I I offer again can we trade can we make Stephen Amell Iron Fist and give Loris the Arrow show because I think they match up a little bit more even I'm not saying Stephen Amell is the ultimate Iron Fist I just think he could do a much better job in that role and I think he gives the gives the character of Arrow as much as he can in a shittily written show sometimes and in the early seasons of Arrow when it was written a little tighter he was really good on the show but when he's in shit you can't help but it's not his fault i think he you could still see the shit i you still see the shit i think on iron fist you simply replace loris with stephen amell i think the show is a little bit better and i'm not saying stephen amell is the greatest thing ever i'm not saying we couldn't do better i just think it's a simple switch can we just switch the two of them can dc and marvel meet in the middle and have meet in the dragon pit and have a little uh, have a little meeting where Tyrion lannister hosts the meeting and convinces them to do a quick trade and bring stephen amell over to play the iron fist cuz i think he could kick ass in that role i do as a writ at playing the rich cocky whatever i think he could just he'd be psyched for the role i'd like to see him outside of wb bullshit with love story crap and whatever in a netflix series being all out badass i think can we do this please can we please make a trade i'm, I'm begging you can we do a redo please get a redo because i because th- i do i think he's great in the part of green arrow even when the show arrow sucks and I think, I think Iron Fist would be better with another actor that can do that can pull that shit off better. And I think Amel could probably do it better than Loris. Or no, not probably could definitely do it better than Loris. So Joe, last thing, any specific things you're hoping for the next three? Excuse me, next three episodes of Jessica Jones. Nope. Nothing I'm hoping for. Nothing I'm looking forward to. Do you, I just uh, do you, aside do, from the story itself. Do you feel at this point you're because I don't I don't feel this way. Do you feel like you're already starting to do the I know where this season is going kind of feeling? Well, like I said, I feel like our our Chang Chen Chang is going to be our our surprise ally. Our Samson is also going to be uh, somewhat of a good guy as opposed to. Uh, the boyfriend of what's her name. So there's just those kind of things that I think, um, I think I'm, I'm thinking now, but one episode 
was not good. Like the first episode, the introduction episode, honestly, the first half of this was nothing. And the second half, you know, it doesn't give us much. So it hasn't left me with any expectations. I, I don't think I would have developed expectations to at least around episode three. Right. It's tough. To seeing where it's tough doing these next Netflix series to ultimately form an opinion of the direction of the season until the midway point, especially in these 13 episode arc seasons. Especially look at Luke Cage. Like you're like, okay, Cottonmouth, our bad guy. All right. Halfway through Cottonmouth is dead and gone. And we have a whole new bad guy that we're, we're building up all yep. of a sudden. So, it was very, very odd to me. Very odd. And it's interesting though, because we complain a lot about series that are too predictable because they do everything in the mid season finale. I think that's why I enjoy the element of what they're doing in this Netflix universe, even if I don't always love what's going on, I love the uneasiness of it, uneasiness of it, and not being able to truly understand the expectations. As long as it feels natural to the story and natural to the characters, I don't mind whatever the fuck happens. You know, and that didn't happen in Luke Cage. No, and it, and, it, and it didn't. I just I didn't like the villain as much in the second half as I liked in the first half. I thought Cottonmouth was, it was one of those examples where I think Luke Cage did it in an effective way. Cause I think that scene with Cottonmouth and I'm blanking on her name, but the actress, the actress the that sister. plays the sister. Uh, I think that was a well done scene. I was just so interested in the character of Cottonmouth that I wanted more of him. You know, right? That scene should have taken place at episode ten or eleven or something. It right. Should have set her up to be the next and maybe introduce him at the end it, of the big fist guy at the end of the season. Exactly. But throwing him right in the middle was a left turn out of fucking nowhere that just was. It would have been great to, to see more of his character. We got yeah. the live in the motherfucking chat. Hi, it's oh, I I will definitely do that, buddy. I don't know why that's happening, Mike. If you can hear me, I don't know who did that. I will make sure that happens after the show. Sorry, buddy. So, uh, so let's see, let's see. Uh, any, anything else? Not nothing much else to say right now. I was gonna go into a ridiculous direction, but Joe, I want to take one more shot to everyone in the live chat and to all the super chatters today that have been amazing. We really do appreciate the super chatters or anyone that is one of our patrons right now that helps us keep supporting the show and keep it going and keep me rash, keep me rationalizing to Stephanie why I can keep doing this show with, with so much time. The video, I hope you guys enjoy the video that we put out with Joe. What does Joe think? We'll try to do that. And anytime Joe can't make it to a walking dead podcast, hope you guys enjoyed that silliness. And here's a toast to you, Joe. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, oh yeah. Tito's feels good. Johnny uh, Walker shots don't feel good. Oh, Johnny no. Walker on the rocks. Feels yeah, but good. you're you're sleeping and then working tonight, so you're you're about to, you're about to go to sleep in the next couple of hours. It's it's two in the morning for me yeah, right now. It is two in the morning for you. So Joe, thank you so much. Maybe tomorrow afternoon. Tell me when you're done with episodes, uh, the next three episodes, and then we'll figure it out from there. But we may be so, on tomorrow, or we may be on. Uh, what is tomorrow? Is tomorrow Friday? Tomorrow is Friday. So we'll be so on Friday or Saturday. I'd like to say I would be done by tomorrow afternoon with those three, but honestly, I. I you want to do Saturday? Saturday, I will definitely be. Okay, done with so them. so let's do Saturday afternoon at some point. Because I do have to work tonight, sleep tonight, yeah. and then sleep tomorrow at some point. Yeah. When I get so home our next work, so. one will be Saturday afternoon, maybe around the same time, maybe around like one yeah, o'clock on Saturday. Afternoon. Perfect. 
So yeah, Saturday afternoon, one o'clock, episodes two, three, and four. Catch up with us. Watch. If you have any questions or comments, you want to get your voice in the podcast, 781-990-8509. And make sure if you're listening to this podcast later, join us live Sunday. What what's Sunday? What's Saturday's date? Today's the ninth, is that the tenth? Saturday, uh, March tenth. Am I right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Saturday, yep. Mar- Saturday, March tenth. Join us live one third, one o'clock, one fifteen Eastern Standard Time to talk about Jessica Jones episodes two, three, and four. And also, Joe and I will be on that next day on March eleventh at ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time to talk about the most recent episode of The Walking Dead, which should Ooh. be very interesting. And also, if you haven't, check out some of our recent videos. So I want to thank everyone in the live motherfucking chat that joined us today. Iron Throne, Broke, Lola for getting us drunk, Tim, motherfucker, love you, Tim. Anytime, Tim, leave a message about this season or leave a couple messages if you want. We'll play some of them. Well, Joe, keep an eye out for the Easter eggs in this season. Lola, Paul, t- Brainwashed, anyone else that popped in. D, great to see D in there. Great to see Mike, who can't uh, get in the chat right now, but I'll get you in, Mike. Mel, great to see you, dude. Great, thank you. All of our Super Chat donations. Kill Longer. Uh, I'm just trying to see if I missed anybody. Rich, if I missed any other people that were in the live chat today, thank you so much. You guys are fucking amazing. And make sure you do check out our most recent episode of What Did Joe Think? And you can hear all about what Joe thought. You can hear all about what Joe thought about the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. So if nobody you, cares. No, nobody cares, Joe. No, they don't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what Joe thinks. Especially if people are like, who's Joe? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Joe thinks. There are some people that care, Joe. There's some people that would be very angry with me if I didn't put out that video. There's some people that watch me do podcasts alone and go, Phil would not be able to be this positive about that if Joe was around. So, 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 so I'm pretty sure there's some people out there that definitely do like it. So... Everybody, thank Break you. the truth out of you, Phil. Lola, it was amazing to have you back in the live chat. Love you, Lola from Poland. Tim Gersh, it's always awesome to have you. Tomorrow is Friday 3-9. We'll probably not be on tomorrow. I might do a gaming cha- gaming stream on Dirty Issues tomorrow, but Joe and I will be back on Saturday the 10th again to talk about episodes 2, 3, and 4. Really excited to do this. Can't wait. So, Joe, talk to you next time, buddy. Peace. Lots of love, Al. Lots of love, Al. Red Sox fan. I've been watching your streams more often. Al Red Sox fan does these awesome uh, sports streams where he recreates games or does these these awesome matchups in sports history, and we'll do commentary on it, like a baseball commentator. And Al Red Sox fan kicks ass at it. He sounds like a like a real baseball commentator. I don't know if this I don't know if this is on purpose, but his mic quality makes him sound even more like one of those old timey baseball commentators. Awesome. And I listen he does it for baseball, he does it for football, football he yeah. does it for uh, boxing. Boxing too, yeah. So and he also yeah, he'll he'll watch some boxing matches and do some uh 
play-by-play stuff. I'm so I'm like I want to copy him and do that stuff. It's fun. So uh, lots of love to Al Red Sox fan out there who he's is so good at it. he gets all the stats out there. Yeah, he gets all the stats out there. Lo- gotta say lots of history. He, yeah, he's one of the best out there doing stuff like that. If you're into that, so definitely check out Al. He's he's an amazing guy. And check out Broke Black Man 94 for your reaction videos. No one's better. Ian. <laughs> <laughs>